So we're talking about being strapped in a financial series at the moment, and I think this series is going to be uh, liberating. Really do. I've enjoyed just uh, researching and studying for it. Uh, maybe you're new here this week, or you just happened to miss last week. Um, this is week number two, and I really want to say, um, if you missed uh, week one, I would encourage you to jump online. You can do that via the Catalyst website. Uh, just have a look at resources, I think it is, and you can... Uh, have a look at last week. I'd encourage you to do that because every week builds on the next week. But I just want to do a real quick review of last week before we keep going on. Our key verse for last week was Proverbs 22, 7. And uh, it says this, you'll remember it, the rich rule over the poor, but the borrower is servant to the lender. And we really talked about that, about the fact that servant means you're in bondage, that you're strapped up that you're controlled by money. And we looked at what that means. And most people think, well, I'm not really a servant to money. But then we say things like, I can't go on that missions trip because I don't have enough money. Or I can't have another child because I don't have enough money. We'd love somebody to stay home and look after the kids. But I can't. I don't have enough money. I've got to work the second job because we don't have enough money. And at the end of the day, the truth is that what we're really subtly saying is I'm caught up, I'm enslaved by money. And I think God wants us to be free. I think Christ came to this earth for so many great reasons, but certainly one of them is that we're not controlled by this thing called money. Uh, we get to use money instead of it um, controlling us. The other thing we said is you can't serve two masters. Jesus said something interesting. He says you cannot serve both God and money. And notice that he doesn't say, you know, you cannot serve both God and choose something else. He chose money. Because he knew that money would be one of the number one things that would uh, take uh, control of our hearts. And he knew that we had to deal with that one. And so we looked at that and we said, well, as a Christian, as somebody that follows Christ, and again, maybe you're here today just on a journey, that's awesome. We welcome you as um, sort of working out where you stand and working out your faith. But as you follow Christ, we said, uh, we serve God, we don't serve money. We really pushed into that. So remember, we aren't serving money. We're using money. We're not going to be in bondage to money. We're not going to be in debt. We're not going to be strapped. So what we want to do today is really look at what do we think God wants us to do when it comes to money. We're going to get a bit more practical today. And today we're particularly talking about debt. Particularly talking about debt. I don't know what you think. You hear that word and some people are like, yep, I know about debt. That's what we're going to focus on today. And the reason we're talking about debt is I think it's so important because it's one of the first things that you have to deal with as we get free of money. So what we're trying to talk about today is not being in bondage. Well, we want to talk about being free of this bondage that can be over our life. And it's a bit like, I was actually talking to Jess about this um, a couple of weeks back. She did a first aid course. And I said, oh, just tell me what, what happens if you go to the scene of an accident? You know, what would be the first thing you do? And she talked about the ABC uh, you guys would know that airways, make sure they're breathing. But I said, so what if they're bleeding out? You know, I was sort of getting a bit gross about it. But what, 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 what do you do at that point? She said, yeah, absolutely. You've got to put your hand on that wound or whatever it is and, and, you know, don't move them. But just put your hand and stop the bleeding. It's incredibly important. And that's a bit what it's like with debt. You might say, why are we starting at debt? Because debt is hemorrhage. Debt is bleeding. Debt will suck the life out of a person. Uh, uh, bleeding will suck the life out of a person and so will debt 
suck the life out of your financial ability to move on and move forward. So that's why we're talking about debt today. And our aim is to ultimately be free of debt. So what we're going to do is cover a really old rule here to get together. Now, for those of you in your 70s or above, and we have a group like that, you'll remember this rule. Okay, I'm going to talk about a very basic rule. <clears throat> if you're 70 or above, you'll know this rule. For the rest of us, this rule will seem a little bit crazy, all right? So hold on to your seats because I'm about to show like an absolutely revolutionary rule that people for thousands of years have lived by, okay? And people in their 70s understand this rule. The rest of us don't know about it. Are you ready for the rule that will change your life? Are you ready for it? The rule is simply this. If you didn't have the money to buy something you wanted, you weren't allowed to buy it. Isn't that amazing? Don't say you didn't learn anything at church today. That's the amazing rule. If you didn't have the money to buy something, you weren't allowed to buy it. And for thousands of years, that's how people lived. If I wanted something, I saved up. And I bought that thing. And that's the way I did my life. But things have changed. And some of you have mums and dads or other ways that are in their 70s or older or would have been in their 70s. And you know what they're like, what they would have been like. They were, they were penny pinches, right? They, they were careful with their money. They told you this is the allotted amount of money that we have. But here's what's happened. Uh, the next generation down, and I get confused with all the busters and boomers and all, all the names, but the very next generation, uh, the stats will tell us that basically the next generation said, I'm not having that. You know, you guys can have that, but I'm not having that. It's party time for me, right? And, and we're not going to live like that. And that ethos all around the world has passed itself down to the next generation, to, to Gen X, which is my generation, to Gen Y. And now we have even 23-year-olds sort of living in an entitled sort of mentality. It's like, I'm 23, and I deserve the house that my parents have, right? And I deserve the holidays that my parents have, and I deserve the car that my parents have. And that's what can happen. At age 23, you can go out and you can get the very things that all your parents have because I'm entitled. That's what I want. And I want it now. The trouble is, though, it's a pretending that happens. It's, it's not real. It's having the stuff, but actually at the end of the day, not owning the stuff. It's not real. We got there through this thing called debt. In fact, the scripture says it really claim, plainly in Proverbs 13, 7. It says, one <coughs> man pretends to be rich. Yet he actually has nothing. Just think about that scripture. <clears throat> One man pretends to be rich, but he actually has nothing. I, I just thought that word pretending is interesting here this morning. Maybe we should think about it for a sec. Apply it to our own lives. Are you pretending? Do you have stuff? You're pretending to be rich. I look like I'm rich. At the end of the day, I don't own that stuff. It's not mine. I'm in debt. I have nothing. You might have received, and they are on the, on the seats next to you, and if you want one and someone else got one, just look along your row, little handouts. Just encourage you to fill in uh, this series. We're just sort of doing a fill-in deal. There are pencils around. Anybody stuck and don't have a pencil, Tim uh, will get one. Just stick your hand up, and uh, Tim will come around 
drop off a pencil for you. So the first thing we're going to do is just look at three principles for how we get out of debt and how we break this debt mentality. So important, you might say this is basic. I tell you what, it's incredibly important in all of our life. Here's the first one. We're going to embrace the value of self-control. We're going to embrace the value of self-control. So I think there's a fill-in-the-blank spot there. <coughs> embrace the value of self-control. Everybody just say self-control. Now try this. Say self-control with a smile on your face. See if you can do it. No, see if you can do it, really. Turn to the person next to you and say, self-control. It's really hard. I think there's a reason for that. Because it's hard, right? Proverbs 25, 28 says, Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man, <coughs> sorry, is a man who lacks self-control. What that means is you're defenseless. If you lack self-control, it means the evil one can come in with all of his schemes and take over your life. It means debt can rule in your life. It means you've got no defenses against the evil one financially. If you have no self-control, you will end up in trouble. And the problem is there's so many of us battle with self-control. We're like the little kid who's at the, the checkout. We've all seen this at Woolies, right? <clears throat> and Woolies and Coles are so nice to us parents. They put all the little lollies right there. Who's noticed that? They do that for a reason, often down low. And um, like it's like that little kid who wants that Kinder Surprise. You guys know what that is? Like a little chocolate egg. It's like, I want that Kinder Surprise. And he's crying, right? And, and, and this is what I want, mum. And everyone else is trying to be polite and sort of move around him or, or do whatever. And he's crying about the thing that he wants. But what happens is we grow up <clears throat> a little bit. And we grow up, and instead of it being a kinder surprise, it's, it's the thing that we want. We just we do an adult tantrum. I want that ring, or I want that holiday, or I want that car, or I want that bigger house, right? We're, we do the kinder surprise thing, but we do it older. We have no self-control. And the scripture says it's so important in our life. We all do it. Now, I think it happens in a lot of different ways. I'm going to generalize here, so don't shoot me. But I'm going to talk about the different sexes for one second and talk about two problems that I see. Ladies, again, generalizing. Um, but here's my statement. <laughs> Just because you bought it on sale doesn't mean you saved money. Is that true? Do I have a clap? Have <clears throat> an amen? <clears throat> I bought this belt and I got this hairdo and I got these clothes and it was 20% off. Look how much I saved. You didn't save anything. Does anybody else agree? You don't save anything when you spend money. You actually lose money when you spend money. It's amazing the amount of ads. It's funny as we prepare this message, the number of ads that talk about that. But I save money. This is what you can save if you spend money with us. Foxtel have got a big ad about this at the moment. You know, you come with Foxtel, you'll save all this. You won't save anything. You'll spend money if you go with Foxtel or, or, or anybody else. Okay, now men do that, by the way. But men do it as well. The only trouble is, men, you're worse, all right? Because men do it on a bigger scale. Is that true? I mean, men do this. They go, honey, look at the PlayStation 3 that I just bought, right? It was on top. Men just, like, upscale the whole thing. Or, honey, look at the new car that's in our driveway at the moment yeah 
It has happened. Honey, look at the boat that's behind the new car in our driveway at the moment. It's happened in this church. Men have just sort of turned up, come home and said, this is what I bought on this massive scale. So we all do it. And we've got to learn the ability to be able to say no. Everybody here just say no. no. All right, okay. That's, that's what you need to be able to do. You say no. Jess and I laugh about it. Mike, that was funny. Mike's saying no, he won't say no in the front row here. <coughs> Jess, and la- Jess and I laugh about it. We um, have long chats about her ability to say no. She's actually really good just at the shops <coughs> in general, but she's not very good on the phone. I, I don't know if you're one of those people, but Jess is a sucker if anybody rings up, like one of the charities rings up. Jess finds it really hard to say no. I'm like, when the fu- I reckon I've got her on speed dial or something like that. Because they ring Jess up and they're like, you know, give her the spiel. And I'm in the background, no, Jess, no, we've spent our money, no, you know. And Jess is like, oh, just $10 or, or whatever it might be. This one time, I kid you not, and the other thing she's not good at is the holiday deals. She loves finding holiday deals and stuff. Well, this one time somebody rang her up and uh, she starts talking and I was in the next room, but I've, I've learnt to hear how these conversations go. And I'm hearing more and more engagement from Jess about this deal. And she's on the phone and I'm like, yeah, I mean, she hates it when I do this. And I'm like, oh, you know, she's like, you know, oh, really? Oh, that's good. That's great. Really? That price? That's good accommodation? And I said, and she said, all right, I'll, hang on, I'm just talking to my husband. I said, so what's going on? It's accommodation. It's a really good price. I go, oh, okay. What, where, what is it? You know, it's, oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's four star. And, we can have it any time. Excellent. Just, where is it? She sort of looks at me. She says, it's in Florida. <laughs> I kid you not. I said, what, Florida, Queensland? Like Florida, New South Wales? No, Florida, USA. That, I kid you not, Florida, USA. I said, yes, no, for a hundred reasons. Like, including the airfares that it costs to get us there, no matter how good the accommodation is. Do you know what's even funnier? She's not here this service. She should be here next service. I asked her, Jess, can I share that story about Florida and stuff like that? She says, yeah, you can share it. But I still think it was a good deal. That's what she actually said to me. She says, and, and we've got friends that are going to be living in, in Florida, Steve, uh, Steve and um, oh no, Beck. Jones, if we had taken that deal, we could have been staying with them. That's what she said to me. You've got to learn to say no. As you get out of debt, you must say no. And here's the thing. You've got to be able to say no to stuff that might be in your everyday life. You've got to say no to the coffee, maybe, in your life. That's a hard one, yeah? Say no to the new release DVD every night or every week. You've got to say no to golf twice a month. You've got to say no to that four or five-star hotel holiday. You've got to say no to your 12-year-old getting... What is going on? I'm hearing all this. I don't want to say no to golf. Oh, right. You can have golf once a month. How about that? No to that four- or five-star holiday. Uh, No to your... Oh, I've read this. Your your 12-year-old having an iPhone. You know, all that sort of stuff. Say no. Give him an iPhone 4 instead of an iPhone 5. Make them suffer. No to the new car that depreciates 20% as it drives out of the lot. No to the new furniture. You know, one of the things Jess and I say when we counsel 
couples that are about to be married, we're like, hey, listen, oh, we really mean it. Sit on boxes, you know. Um, get, get plastic chairs for a, a couple of years. Do whatever it takes to say no so that you're not in debt. Debt will kill you. Debt will crawl up and strangle you. It will take a hold of your marriage. For Jess and I, we've been married 16 years. I think we bought our first sofa and couch about six years ago. For, before that, it was hand-me-down. Somebody else was getting rid of a couch. Awesome. We took that couch. Think differently. You can say no. Debt is not normal. We so often think debt is normal. Debt is just what <clears throat> everybody does. The credit cards, the personal loans, all of these things. It's not normal. You don't have to be in debt. Say no to these things. Now, I'm not saying don't enjoy your life. I'm saying when you've saved up, when you've managed to achieve the goals that you have, then go crazy. You know, get the car and the sat-nav and the little fluffy dice, you know, that go with that car and, you know, buy one for your mum as well. Ladies, get your fingernails done. I mean, I get the fingernail thing and, you know, they get the little polka dots done on their fingernails. You guys understand that? No, all the guys, don't, we don't understand that, ladies, but you guys do that stuff. But do whatever you want when you've got the money to be able to do it. But you say no beforehand. But we're not saying don't enjoy your life. Warren Buffett, uh, my last look, uh, I'm pretty sure it's still right, was the richest man in the world. He says a really interesting thing. We've got the quote up there. He says, uh, wealth comes from the transfer of money from the impatient to the patient. Wow, I thought that was so real. You've got to take note of that. That's a guy that knows what he's talking about. Those that can wait, the transfer of money from the inpatient to the patient. It's so good. It's so good. That's the value of self-control. Self the second value when you're taking notes is we're going to embrace the value of sacrifice. So write that one down in the spot there. Self-control, then sacrifice. Why don't you say sacrifice for me? If there's one common theme throughout Scripture, it's sacrifice. If you look at Hebrews chapter 12, Jesus says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Jesus doesn't say it. The author says it. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Isn't that amazing Scripture? That's a, that's a Scripture about sacrifice. What did he endure? He endured the cross. The cross, the incredible death on a cross. Why? For the joy that was set before him. He understood what it meant to sacrifice for something that's better. And for us, it was incredibly better. His blood meant we have life. His blood meant we have eternal salvation. His blood meant we have hope in this day and age. 2,000 years later, we're the joy that he's talking about. You and me, we gather together. <clears throat> we talk about the things that can bind us up. Jesus gives us freedom. Jesus gives us his grace to be able to be free from financial debt. And I want to say, really actually feel prompted right now to say this, it doesn't matter what age you're at. I think some people can, can think, oh, it's too late for me to break free from these things that are taking over my life. It's not too late. It's amazing what can happen as you start to apply these principles. Well, Jesus said, I'm here to help you. If you come to me, you'll have life. And this is the, the, the thing that he endured the cross for, the joy that he endured the cross for. He was pleasing his father. Sacrifice is a key element in scripture. 
Sacrifice, my definition, is it's giving up something you love for something you love even more. You might be giving up something you love for something you love even more. You might be, I don't know, watching and, and loving watching sport on Fox again, cable TV. But you want for the first time ever to have a debt-free Christmas. Why? Because you don't want to be in debt in May paying off the Christmas. So what you do is say, you know what, we're going to sacrifice something I love, love watching sport, for something I love even more, the thought that we could be debt-free into next year. You might want a bigger house. That's an okay thing to, to want. But maybe you want even more for your kids to be able to be raised by one of you staying home and, and rather than having to let themselves in in the afternoon. Something you love for something you love even more. Maybe you want to get them into a private school. That's your value choice, but you're choosing that. A sacrifice. You might love going to lunch every single day and getting a 7 or $8 lunch and a drink and maybe that makes it up to about $10. You love doing that every single day, but you'd love also to be able to put $50 onto your car payment extra a week. So you sacrificed. It was interesting on that one. We did a study. Uh, Sam, did you find those lollipops? I've got a lollipop for the first person to just one who can sort of get the right amount. How much do you think you save if over your work life, instead of um, taking uh, buying lunch every day, let's, let's say it's about between 5 and $10. Instead of buying lunch every day, you, you take lunch to work. Uh, you brown bag it, if you know what that means. H how much do you think... You'd save. Just somebody have a guess. Yes? 500. 2,500. Two, somebody else? Higher. Over your work life. 80,000? A, a million? How much? Quarter of a million. Quarter of a million lower? 100,000. is the closest that we've got so far. So Peter wins. Give Peter a hand over there. <laughs> Get a load of this. Over your life, you will save $112,000. $112,000 just by simply buttering your bread and taking that in a bag and taking it to lunch over the course of your life. Incredible thing, sacrificing one thing now for something that I want later on. If you missed last week, we shared some statistics about credit cards. And to be honest, I've, I've looked at this example. I think I've gone soft on it really because... You can have multiple debts in credit card, but I've just chosen $5,000 worth of debt is the average, by the way. So you've got one credit card with $5,000 on it. Maybe, I don't know how you rack that up. Maybe you went on a bit of a dream holiday up to Cairns, you stuck the kids in a plane, and up, up, you know, you went up there, went in a nice hotel, doesn't even need to be five star for 5,000. A couple of weeks, you, you did all the things, you went in on the reef, you snorkeled, you, you did everything, went out for dinner every night easily. Easily you could get up to $5,000. Or maybe you're single and you bought you know, a really incredible sound system. But somehow, maybe it's just lots of little purchases, somehow you got your credit card up to $5,000. What I want to look at is just what that credit card will do to you if you just simply pay off the minimum amount they tell you to pay every month, which is what many, many people do. Just pay off that minimum amount every month. Let's assume the interest rate is about 20%. Um, that's a fairly standard rate on a reward card. You simply pay that minimum amount off, I think that's $100. How many years do you think it will take to pay that off? I'll tell you, it's not two, it's not four, it's actually nine years. If you, just, if you don't put any more on it, you do nothing else but pay off your credit card, nine years it will take you just to pay off that holiday. Now in that nine years, the amount you will have paid is $11,340. 
For your holiday that cost you five grand now costs you more than double and it takes you nine years to pay off. It's an incredibly expensive trip to Cairns. And it's, a, and it's a truth of what happens to you when you take a loan on anything, whether it's a car, a personal loan, interest-free from uh, AMART, whatever it is. Well, not in, if, you, if you don't reach that interest-free period, whatever it is, this is what a loan can do to you. And again, I think that's conservative. Now, let's flip this around a, a little bit. Instead, if you don't go up north, say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to sacrifice that holiday now, look to have a, a better holiday maybe later. Now, I get that there's a time delay in all of this. And you save that money somehow. Now, that is the key. So you've got to put it off a, a year or two. But you just save that money one way or the other. Maybe you do work a bit of a, a longer hours. You take some overtime. You sell some things, whatever it takes. But you save that $5,000. If you then took that $5,000 and then for the same amount of time just put it in some sort of uh, investment that was earning a reasonable rate of return, let's say 10%, and you left it and then did nothing. At the end of those nine years, having done nothing too dissimilar to the previous example, instead of being in a situation where you would have paid more than $11,000 now, you will have $12,252 in your bank account and $7,252 of that would just be interest. So in other words, you'll get a free holiday. And again, this is the simple process here of just sacrificing something I want now for something later on. And it can change things dramatically. Now have a look what happens. If you get that $5,000, you work really hard at it. But instead of not doing anything, that $200 a month minimum or $100 a month minimum, you just put that into your, your savings account every single month. You know what happens at the end of those nine years? That money is now worth $47,063. You see what a difference it makes when you start to think the value of sacrifice, the value of changing things around. You imagine right now, if you think back nine years ago, think if I didn't do that then, if I invested then, instead of the money paying off on debt, I invested in some way, you'd have... $47,000, I think you'd be more than $40,000 better off at the end of the whole exchange. An incredible picture of what debt does to us and how freeing it can be if we understand what sacrifice does as well. Think of the difference it makes. Think of how much free you are. Think of the things you could do. $47,000 in your life right now if you had thought differently nine years ago. Let's have a look at the third value, the last value. It's the value of embracing planning. You can write that one in your notes. Planning. Everybody say planning. Jesus says this in Luke 14, 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? And really that's the simple principle here. Do you want to see if you have the right amount of money to be able to do the things that you want? Sit down and work it out. Plan it out. Proverbs 21 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. So here's the deal. You can wander into debt. You can just meander into debt, but you can't meander out of debt. You can't wander out of debt. You've got to think ahead. What's this going to do to me? What's this going to do to my family? What can I do differently? If I had more time, I'd love to have more time. I'd love to talk about the, a, a budget and how you plan for a budget, what you can spend, what you can afford. 
like to give a few resources for this one. The first one uh, is a book by Dave Ramsey, which I think is available in the uh, Resource Center. This is an excellent book for simply working through your own life, and it works through slowly. It actually takes, I think it's like years. He says, all right, the first six months do this, stop reading, go, go away and do it, you know, and then just keep following through. Great book. Has uh, sample budgets in there as well about how to get free in terms of uh, our financial freedom. The other one is Cat Money course. Uh, that is a fantastic course. Does the same thing, but does it in a, in a small group. You can ask questions, get accountability. Uh, I haven't done it personally, Jess did it last time. And we've used a lot of the principles from that. Um, I really encourage you to get involved in that next course. The other one, I think on the little handouts at the bottom, the second side, there's uh, some recommendations for online budgets that you can go to. And they're all over the internet, but that's a good one that's on there. Uh, all sorts of places you can go to encourage you to do that. But on the subject of debt, Dave Ramsey he talks about a debt snowball. Now we're going to uh, watch an AV in a sec that just talks about this so well and talks about how you can debt snowball yourself out of debt. And it's an incredible um, little DVD. Uh, you'll see information on this again in your handouts. Uh, we're really thankful to, to Life Church in the US. They're the, the ones that have done a lot of the, the work for this series that we're presenting here. Craig Rochelle is going to explain this. Did want to say something on your handouts there. I've changed some of the names just to make a bit more sense. I've written uh, R.T. Edwards. I think he talks about you know store cards from Target or something like that, or, or, or Lowe's, a hardware store in the US. Uh, so I've talked about R.T. Edwards. Maybe you did rent try buy and you've still got some stuff owing on that. Or Amart, you did you know interest free, but you didn't make it. You've got stuff owing on that. So just bit of explanation what that's all about. One other thing before we watch the AV, you might be saying, is all debt bad? It's a great question. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a Q&A &A day and get a few people up here that have studied in this and really uh, looked hard at it. Um, there are different opinions on this, but you know many would say that there is good debt and bad debt. So your household loan, even that one, you should be working really hard to pay off and pay off quick, but it's in a somewhat different category to all the debt that we're talking about here today, which is things like credit cards, personal loans, uh, visa, uh, all those sorts of things. So have a look at this, AV. Really watch watch it. Maybe you're feeling, man, I am in debt. I'm in trouble. It's, it's on top of me. Have a look at this, AV, and see how incredible um, this simple principle is and how you can free yourself from debt. going to show you is what finance legends and my good friend Dave Ramsey calls the debt snowball. This is the absolute best and fastest way to get unstrapped and to free yourself from the bondage of debt. What I'm about to cover with you is one of the most important things you can ever learn about your personal finances. Are you ready? Let's do it. Look at the bottom of your notes and let's attack this together. Here's what we've got. This is an imaginary list of our debts, what we owe to others. In this sample list, you'll see the different people or businesses we owe listed in the first column. In the second column, you'll find the amount that's owed to each one. You see, we owe $450 to Lowe's for the power tools that we always wanted, $650 to Target for the cute top, the belt, the earrings, and the hat to match, plus the ketchup, Oreos, and pickles 
and all the other things you crave when you were pregnant. We also owe $1,600 to our parents who let us borrow the money to replace our air conditioning unit when it went down, and so on. In the third column, you'll see the minimum payment. This is the minimum amount that we're required to pay each month, and we've been faithfully paying the minimum, but we are sick and tired of being strapped. So, what are we going to do? Again, what we're going to look at is something that could change your life forever. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to find an extra $200 a month. Now, you're probably thinking, where in the world am I going to find an extra $200 a month? And that's a good question. I don't know the answer to the question, but you will find it. You'll get very, very creative and find $200 extra a month. If you have to take a second job delivering pizzas, or if you have to eliminate your satellite television, or your mobile data plan, or start brown bagging it, or skipping your $4 daily dose of overpriced caffeine, or whatever, you'll find $200 a month. And what you do with this $200 a month will change future generations. Here's how to play out. Let's start with Lowe's. We owe them $450. Your minimum payment, remember, is $50. Now, you'll pay them $50 and add to it the $200 that we just found, totaling $250 a month. And within a matter of only a couple of months, Lowe's is gone. Bye-bye, Lowe's. We'll never have to worry about that debt again. Now, we're going to let the money start to snowball away the debt. How will we do it? Now we're going to attack Target. We've already been paying Target $30 a month. Now we're going to take the $30 and add to it $250 a month. Now you may ask, where did we get $250 a month? You remember, we just freed up $250 a month because we paid off Lowe's. Now we're going to take that $250 and the $30, and together we have $280. And guess what? In just a matter of a couple of months, Target is gone as well. And the snowball is starting to get bigger. Now, let's take our parents. We're paying them $200 a month. We'll add to it the $280 that we freed up because we no longer have to pay Lowe's or Target. And now we've got $480 a month going to pay off mom and dad. Again, in a matter of a few short months, mom and dad are paid for, they're happy, we're happy, and we're gonna take this money and let it grow every single month and apply it to the next debt that we owe starting with the smallest amount of debt so we can knock it out and going piece by piece down to the largest, we're gonna pay off all of our debt with the debt snowball. We're gonna wipe out everything we owe but the house. Now, how will this benefit you in the long run? Let me show you something that is really, really amazing. If you just continue to pay minimum payments like so many people do. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's going to take you 120 months to pay off your debt. That's 10 years before you pay off all this debt, and that's assuming you don't take on any more. Now, watch this. 
If you do the debt snowball, your payoff time is not 120 months, not 10 years, but instead only 21 months. That's a difference of 99 months of not paying any debt. Can you say, wow? Now, buckle your seatbelt and get ready for this. If you take $1,110, now, where do we get $1,110? If you look at the debt we just paid off, you freed up $1,110 a month in debt payments that you no longer have. If you take that money and invest it at 8% for that same 99 months that you would have been paying off your debt, at the end of that time period, guess how much money you'll have? You'll have $153,992.30. Check it out. In most parts of the world, what will that buy you? That will buy you a house paid for in cash, totally debt-free, including a house in only 10 years. You can do it if you'll get crazy with the debt snowball. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continual debt to love. We don't serve money, we serve God. Money serves us as we serve God. If you live like no one else, one day you can live like no one else. Isn't that good? I mean, really, really good. Incredible what can happen with just a little bit of sacrifice, planning, and self-control. See, the big thing is here today, we want all of us to see debt differently and see the way we live our life differently. It's not normal. And I pray it fires you up to get excited about the possibilities of what can happen. Now, it might not happen tomorrow, but I can sacrifice today, and then one day I can be ready to do the things that I want to do in my life, to be free to do the things that God wants me to do in my life. But it's going to take some focus, and it's going to take some discipline, and that's going to be painful. And you're going to have to work at it. It's going to be a bit weird sometimes. You're going to have to be a bit crazy about it. I actually, here's a tip that might sound a bit crazy, but I heard this yesterday at the conference I was at talking about financial matters. They said this, one of the things you can do is name your accounts different things just to remind you. So you know how online, I don't know if you know this, but if you, if you do online banking, you can normally go in and change the name of your account just to something that makes more sense to you. Well, what if you change the name of your, you know, your uh, ANZ credit card to my ANZ enslavement account? Do you know what I mean? Make it what it is. Your uh, Westpac card's my Westpac, Westpac bondage account, you know? Sounds a little bit kinky somewhere in there, doesn't it? Now that I think about it, you know? Or, or your savings, savings account too, you know, my, my kids... Um, private school account or the roof for the house account or whatever it might be see it for what it's going to be let it be a reminder to yourself about why you're doing these things get a little bit crazy have a sacrificial attitude the more passion you have for this the faster it can come and you can get out of debt now for some of you again this is essential like hey i i don't touch debt i don't do that and it's easy and god bless you for that it's awesome but for others here, you know, the eyes glaze over a bit. This is harder than it all might seem. And I just say to you, don't forget that it all comes back to the heart. That's why week one is so important. We're building one week to the next. 
This is why God's grace, you know, it's grace for eternity what Christ does for us forever. But that eternity starts right now. And his grace is enough for us now. He helps us with self-control now. Self-control is actually a fruit of the Spirit. So you say, I don't have self-control. Well, it's God's Spirit in you, working in you, working with you to produce his fruit in your life. So don't give up. Don't say this is not possible. It's possible. As you cooperate with the Spirit and allow his truth to be true in your life, the obedient. By the way, you might be thinking, and maybe it's obvious, why are we doing this as a church? It seems so practical. Isn't this something we should be doing somewhere else? You know, I think, I think it has spiritual implications. I think it affects marriages. Well, stats tell us clearly it does. Uh, this, this changes the way you live your life. It changes the next generation. And the scripture tells us what our finances look like is an indicator of the heart. So again, be faithful with the things that God has given you. The scripture says if you're faithful with a little bit, God will trust you with a lot. This stuff can free your life. But debt is here to control you. Sacrifice, self-control, planning makes a huge difference. What do you think your life could look like one day? Think about that. Without any of that debt carrying you. You know, years aren't that long. A couple of years, you do that debt snowball, you're out of it, you're free, things are changed. Maybe then you don't have to work that second job. And you can start investing some money, putting some money in a good savings account. It can be done. Absolutely can be done. Fight like crazy and watch as God delivers you out of the bondage of debt. Absolutely pray that. Let's pray together. Father, I just pray that your spirit would uh, help us all here today. God, that your spirit would free us from this enslavement that we have to debt. Lord, let us be a bit crazy, God. Let us be people that really search after you, that, that really allow these principles of sacrifice and planning and self-control, God, to take a hold in our life. And just even as all eyes are closed, I wonder if you can just raise your hands if you say, I need a bit of help in one of those areas and I just want to pray for you today. Just raise your hand if you need help with with planning, sacrifice, and self-control. That's great. I can see hands all over the place. Fantastic. Lord, I pray for those people, God, that just are here this morning acknowledging, I need help. Lord, I need your help. Things are overcoming me. I've listened too much to the call of things that are out there calling me away from these basic principles. Lord, I pray for your spirit to come alongside and to, to plant your seed, your fruit of the Spirit in the lives of people. And God, I, we all pray together, God, for real strength to be able to walk this journey. God, strength to be able to be obedient. And God, we thank you for your grace when we're frail and not able to do the things that we set our hearts to. We thank you that you're good enough to pick us up and for us to start again. We thank you for that unconditional love. And while I'm praying, God, I pray for those that don't know you, that aren't in a personal relationship with you. God, I would pray, Father, their heart would be tugged. Lord, that this morning they would be taking further steps to knowing the love of Jesus Christ in their life. God, the one that comes to free us. God, the one that is for us. Lord, I thank you for your grace that is for eternity, but it is also for now, right now. Thank you for these things in your mighty name. Amen.